Welcome to U.S. Phenomenon, where possibilities are endless. Put down those same old headlines. It's time to expand your mind and question what if. From paranormal activity to UFOs, Bigfoot sightings, and unsolved mysteries, this is U.S. Phenomenon. From the Pacific Northwest in the shadow of the 1962 World's Fair, the Space Needle. Good evening, I'm your host, Mario Magana. This is U.S. Phenomenon. You can be a part of the show by texting the studio hotline at 775-990-5151 tonight. You can be a subscriber to our podcast and TV stream. Just go to my website, onairmario.com, to subscribe to our podcast or wherever you download your favorite podcasting. Just go and search U.S. Phenomenon. I'd like to take a quick moment to welcome our new affiliate, North Beach Community TV to the U.S. Phenomenon family. Welcome. Welcome to them as they become part of the crew. It's an honor to have you here with us and to be our first local TV station. Join us coming February 20th. Psychic Chris Dufresne will be joining us for free readings. If you want to be a part of that and you haven't had an opportunity to see Chris or meet him, people are like, who is Chris Dufresne? His mom is the psychic Sylvia Brown, the late Sylvia Brown. So if you remember her, he is just as good as she is. You can have a free reading. Go to my website, onairmario.com, to register. Space is limited because this thing will fill out quick, just like our Sasquatch conference. It's going to be, it'll be here today, gone tomorrow. You Everything will be streamed live. You'll be able to be a part of it and get a free reading from Chris. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you feel their presence in the dark of the night? Perhaps you've heard strange whispers, the still of an empty room. Our guest, paranormal veteran Ross, focuses on his attentions on the physical aspect of the ghost. Chad Goodwin, an inventor and scientist, collects the evidence from their test subjects who are naked. Stay with me now <laughs> because the most important place they go are where the most haunted and supernatural contacts may be. Before we get to that, let's take a watch or listen to this piece right here from them and their TV show, Parasense. Here we go. Come touch me. Touch. One of the five senses we can't live without. It helps guide us through our lives. Touch gives us warmth and comfort, as well as pain and suffering. But what about those stories of people getting touched by ghosts and spirits? People getting scratched and molested by something unseen? How is this happening? Is it real or fabricated? And if it is real, what could it mean? Even though science has yet been able to prove or disprove these strange encounters through the years of patterns and consistency shows us the phenomenon is true. I think you're on the right path. I think you're at kind of a precipice where you can literally show 
that humans have an experience that has an objective piece to it, which at the very least should get other scientists interested in looking at that question. My whole research process is trying to bring in a more scientific basis. People need to understand that this is not just your bells and whistles that you see on ghost hunting shows. This is real science. I'm gonna really do my best to try to find information and data that suggests that this is a real thing that we're looking for. It was here in D-Block that changed everything for me and for me. Hey, you in the corner here that touches people. You around here? Ah. At the exact time that I was scratched, looking at the larger data set, you can see anomalies in the PIR and ultrasonic sensors. We can use that data to then create an animation showing what happened in approximate real time. So it looks like whatever it was moved toward me and did away very quickly. When dealing with the paranormal, you have to be prepared for just about anything. When the spirits are truly the ones in charge, the question is, how does the body perceive these experiences? What are the cause and effects of when this happens? And most of all, how do you prove these intimate encounters? For the first time in history, our journey into this untapped realm has only just begun. It is my pleasure to welcome Chad and Ross to U.S. Phenomenon. Guys, welcome to the show, man. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Man, it's it's been it's been too long, but it's also back then when we first had you guys come on the show, it was way different because we couldn't really talk about any of this stuff that you guys had been doing or had done, but could only give limited pieces. So let's break down everything that you guys have done. Let's talk about what's coming up with you guys, like everything that you guys are doing with uh, your guys' TV show now, what you've done and what's com to come that you you are able to share. Well, um, one of the things is it has been out to the public now. You can uh, watch our um, first documentary on um, Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube. It's out there in many uh, streaming outlets, and you can also buy it on DVD through Amazon as well. So we're really excited about that. We're finally able to get our research out to the audience and they can see what we've been doing because, um, you know, I've been doing this for, gosh, going on seven years now, uh, just trying to validate these and physical encounters that people claim that they have. And so, so thanks to Chad, you know, joining the team, we've been able to now further that research and try to build more credibility to this. Because one of the things that, you know, we're trying to reach out to the audience is that, you know, this is not, you know, just naked ghost hunting. We are really trying to build more credibility to what people claim when they have these physical encounters. So I think, you know, that's been one of our biggest challenges is letting people know that if you are familiar with a lot of the shows that you watch when it pertains to ghost hunting, this is not it. You know, yeah, we've got some amazing things that happen, uh, some jump scares, you know, that type of thing. But um, this is real research and we are trying to get it out there and let people know that uh, there is some credibility to what people claim when they're being physically touched. And what's interesting, I know that uh, this is where Chad comes in, and you're having that the, the the invention and being the scientist behind most of this. This is where it becomes more credible, right, Chad? 
Yeah, you know, I, really when I stepped into it, when Ross came to me and asked me, hey, you know, you go on this journey, how would you sense that people were being touched by ghosts? You know, the, what I really did was, was when I went out and looked at what he did, I wanted to make sure that he was, you know, following some kind of a scientific method and that I could pick that method up and move it on. And what I found out was that, yeah, he had equipment and he had methods and he had this empirical way of collecting evidence in ways that was very interesting. And so it made the most sense if I could take what he was already working on and start expanding and multiplying that to collect data. And when everyone says, why, why naked? Why, why do, does the subject need to be naked? Well, one of the things is if you're trying to prove touch, you need to know what's happening to the physical body. You have to see, you know, what's happening to the skin, to the muscles. And so if you have people wearing clothes and, of course, they claim that they've been touched, it becomes contaminated evidence. Um, anybody in the scientific field or even a skeptic will sit there and say, well, unfortunately, it could have been just their, you know, shirt, uh, you know, rustling around or anything like that. And, um, uh, you know, another thing, too, is, you know, the skin is the large, largest sensing organ. So that increases the opportunity of feeling like you're being touched. Because if you are wearing, you know, fabric or clothing and something does touch you, we can't, you know, verify that you felt it. And, and when you guys were doing these records, were any of those local here in Western Washington or in Washington? No, we've been all over the place. But yeah, uh, yeah like I said, I've been doing this for, you know, going on seven years. So I started locally and it branched out because the main thing is we wanted to find if there were places that had the physical encounters. So, yeah, there's been a lot of places. In fact, Chad talk about some of the places he got to join us. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've been to the USS Turner Joy. That that definitely, we had some experiences in there. And Brock seemingly knows how to bring them. So we were in the front of the boat and we could hear things and there's like, I don't know, it's crazy. And I had some other experiences there. And then in the documentary, you know, the first place we stopped is Northport, Washington. And so we did a whole investigation. It's in the documentary from right here in Washington. And I, I know that in the documentary, you, 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 was it, you got scratched? Is that, is that what happened? Yeah. I, when we were going into this, Ross was telling me maybe not antagonize, um, you know, ghosts cause you just, don't know what could happen or whatever it is, right? We just don't know what could be happening. And I kind of took it upon myself to do that. And it it got met with me getting a scratch. And there was actually a sound that was associated with this scratch. Like myself and another person that was there actually heard it. And so, yeah, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> and, and, and when you talk about the sound, what, can you describe that for, for, for our audience? Where people are watching or listening. The weird thing about it is, it's like in a normal situation where if somebody hits you, you get you get the pressure and you get the sound from it, right? So you kind of experience that whole thing at once, and you know what happened. But in that case, what happened was the sound happened, so I could hear the sound coming from the you know the right side by my ear, but I felt no pressure with it. So I knew something happened, and, and my body reacted like something happened, but I couldn't actually feel anything happen in the moment when that initially actually happened and and the data showed that you, something happened i mean you were going back through most of your guys's data 
did it scar you? Were you scarred? Or, I mean, is it healed? Do you, did you have any, like, in that episode, was there any proof? Were you able to see, like, red marks? Or was there, I don't know, I guess I'm really looking for evidence, like physical evidence. Yeah, there was a, a red mark that appeared on my neck. And the, and the reason why I say appeared is was uh, Shanna, who is also in the documentary, came right around and looked at it and... It was also, there was several strange parts about it. One, it didn't show up like as that completely, it kind of like she said, almost like started to get worse and form what it was in front of her. But then also I didn't feel it at first, like I said. And so it took a few minutes and then there was like a burning sensation that went along with it. So it seemed like the whole thing wasn't a normal interaction with the human body. At least not that I'm used to when I scratch myself. Right. Or, you know, I, I, I was going to tongue in, you know, cheek joke with you, uh, Chad, because I know we go, we do go back, uh, you know, and, you know, like this isn't your normal, like some girl kissing you on the side of the neck and giving you, you know, a love, a love tap or a love bite or a love scratch. Um, Ross, when you're doing these experiments, I know you were talking about this earlier, how you've done this for such a long time. And I know that outside of, the paranormal TV stuff that you've done with the documentaries and the, you know, the, these different doc, you know, docu series, um, outside of the collecting of this data and doing these projects, you actually go out and do local stuff, or I, I would say you, you go out and do other, uh, you know, haunts or, you know, investigations. If it's different old abandoned buildings, or maybe it's not abandoned and it's, you know, even a functioning building, you guys will go out after hours and look for, that type of paranormal activity is that what was would that be correct yeah yeah no i've been uh i am the uh, only full-time ghost hunter in the northwest so i've been for gosh going on you know a little over 30 years now i've been traveling all over the world investigating haunted locations and trying to validate those encounters as well i you know to me i was just surprised to find that i was the first in history to try and prove touch no one's ever tried to take on that challenge. And and and, and I get so excited and I, I have to slow down. When you say touch, we're talking like, how do you record that? Obviously with, uh, you know, I want to say doc. <laughs> that's the, the, the challenge right there. How do you prove that? That That's what me and Chad have been trying to do for, you know, for the couple of years now that we've been doing this. It's like, how do you prove touch? And, you know, when I started to, doing this, I was just trying to come up with various different experiments to try and see if I could validate that. It wasn't until Chad came along and helped, you know, advance us with some more equipment and collecting the data to show that there's something happening. And I think one of the most amazing things that we captured, you know, when uh, we experienced the physical phenomena is the patterns. And I'll let Chad talk about how important patterns are. So let's, you know, the just to further what, you know, on what Ross was just saying there too, it's, it makes the most sense to do what we're doing because if you were to just put a bunch of data collection stuff into a room and collect the data, you're not necessarily going to know what you're looking at. You could be seeing rhythmic things in a room. You could be seeing, you know, if you use an EMF, you could see an EMF spike, but you would have to baseline that space long enough to know whether that was rhythmic or not. Right. And what we can do is we can baseline this space out and then look at all of that data and see what things are rhythmic in a space, 
but also by having the human in there, since there's so much empirical evidence over time that's been collected by humans, I've been touched, they tug on me, they do all these, I get poked. It makes the most sense to use that empirical sensor and base everything scientifically around that. That's the only way I think we can understand the human interaction with this and how maybe to go into a new space, use just data collection to do that. Because then we can see, you know, we can see, like I said, patterns and we can see what makes sense and where things actually tip off. And that's where I would like to get. And, and when, you, when you guys are collecting the evidence for someone like myself or a non-scientist or a non view, just a viewer, taking the ones and zeros and the collected science data that you guys are collecting and to put that into animation has been phenomenal. Because looking at those pieces that were just for those who are we're watching, or if you're watching the stream on USP TV, you go to our website on airmario.com. You can watch the show now. Thanks to our affiliates uh, across the US phenomenon. But when, when we talk about that, that animation is so key for someone who may be just a nonchalant average watcher or viewer to be able to see that too. And then it puts it together you know, from soup to nuts to be able to have that type of see me, feel me, touch me because we live in that society and some people just don't work in the worlds of ones and zeros and collected data. So uh, congrats mm -hmm. to you guys on that piece because that animation is huge to be able to, to watch what you guys are doing with that collected data and then transpose that into the, you know, the, the, the animation there. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things in science is really how do you take the information that you get and then how do you convey that to the people you're trying to tell the story of what you've collected to. And sometimes that's graphs and sometimes that's a table, you know, of data. But in this case, there was really only one way to do it, and that was to try to take the data and then make it into something that we, we could say, hey, we, we know that happened and we know something came at it. This is what it could have looked like. And what's even better is, is we can take those data points because we log them all with date time all the way into the millisecond range. And so we can actually put together what it looks like and how fast things were moving and the distance that things were moving. And you see it's choppy because it was the distance and time was different. And that's how we can make it so people can actually experience it with us on what was we think was happening. And, you know, that's another big challenge that we faced is because a lot of these television shows, you know, they claim that they're trying to be scientific in their approach, and they really aren't. There's not a lot of data collecting going on in a lot of these shows. Right. And even Chad watched a lot of these shows just to kind of get an idea of what we're trying to do. And I, I, I forewarned him. I said, this is not what we're trying to do, what we see on TV. And so trying to make science entertaining for the audience as well is one of those challenges that we face is, you know, what can we do to help them understand how important this data is? And, I, you know, Chad did the animation, and, and kudos to him for doing that. It was, uh, yeah, you know, I agree on some of the stuff that we're seeing that's more mainstream on this. Um, one episode of a show, they put, like, an iPad, right, on a countertop and sat in a chair, and they were like, okay, touch it, and if they touch if something interacted with it, it would go off. I don't, you can't explain what that was. It could have been a program, could have been a timer, could have been any number of things that set that off. And there's nothing to directly correlate that experience with anything that you could say happened in that space. 
And that's one of the biggest problems we have in the paranormal field is most ghost hunting shows and ghost hunters alone out there, you know, investigating the paranormal are dependent on these spontaneous, you know, things that happen in a haunted location, you know, whether that's just a sound or whether that's, you know, a spike on their EMF detectors. And they want to say, oh, that's paranormal. It's a ghost. But that doesn't really prove anything. You know, it's exciting when you're in the moments. But, you know, like Chad said, we need more. We need to be able to validate these experiences. We need to challenge ourselves as paranormal investigators. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that or they don't know how to do that. And so that's why, you know, we're trying to break the mold when it comes to ghost hunting. I I, I mean, mean, some of the... Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Also, that we just don't have the capability. Some people don't have the capability to actually create this instrumentation. That's where things come from. So you buy it from somebody, and they have whatever their thing is, and you're limited to that. That's kind of where I think the convergence happens. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you're you're trying to get that I got you moment, and especially in TV production for those who. I mean, it's not sexy. That's a lot of that's a lot of time, a lot of digital film that has to be edited. You're trying to get an aha moment in regards to collecting the data and it, it's the pressure of whatever you might be doing. I think that in your guys' uh, be able to have someone like a Chad who is a scientist where you're not purchasing the gear and it's customized for what you guys are looking for, but it's working for you guys. And that's that, that speaks volumes across all platforms, especially in the paranormal world, where you guys are able to say, look, man, we got science behind us now. Because everyone's going to say, oh, hey, 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 maybe. But now we're talking about hard evidence. I mean, you guys are recording it. You're seeing this. And to have the, again, like I said, the touch me, feel me, see me aspect to this is game changer for you guys i I just congratulations on that part not trying to sit here and you know suck up but just good (laughs) good kudos on on your guys's team to be able to put this together in a fashion where the average listener viewer has the opportunity to understand what you're trying to do versus we're we're doing a tv show here and we're going to script it as much as we possibly can and yes i'm sure some of that has to happen for them because they don't have the ability to I mean, I mean, it's the same thing as a, like a Bigfoot hunter or a, par- you know, a cryptid. They're going out. They're like, okay, we'll see these, whatever, you know, maybe we see this nest or a footprint or, you know, broken branches or things upside down of whatever, you know, rocks stacked. But was that film? Was that, you know, set up? How, you know, how does that play out in those worlds? So to be able to back it with science is huge. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Chad and Ross from Parasense. Are you a follower of our podcast? Subscribe to it. You can go to your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe for the entire interview, which you don't get on the radio experience. So go to my website, onairmario.com, click on the podcast link, or go to your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe. Just search U.S. Phenomenon. You can also watch us by clicking on USPTV on onairmario.com to watch the entire show. Krista Frain, a psychic medium, will be joining us February 20th. If you want to be a part of that show, go to my website to sign up to be a part of those who may want a free reading. Onairmario.com to sign up to meet the world-renowned Chris Dufresne. 
His mom was the world-renowned psychic, Sylvia Brown. We'll be back. We'll check in with Mark Christopher for our Paranormal Story of the Week. We'll be back. You're listening to U.S. Phenomenon. listening to U.S. Phenomenon with your host, Mario Magana. 